now betting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, men on. Van Nunley and Fred Slow. And in the on deck circle, Amory Castillo. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Welcome back to the program. Oh, thanks. Joining us on this program is our friend Josh Sushan. Josh, how are you, brother? Just want to be ready, Cal. You just got to you know, pipe him in there. Cal's making the station go around. He'll get it. Do a little filler. I'm here. Oh, there you are, hey. my man. And I'm wonderful. And even more wonderful now that everyone can hear each other. So let me get this straight. Everywhere you were going for the last week, you would just see prominent L's. It was, you would see them in signs. Yeah. The letter appeared larger in text messages. There was, it just, it felt so very overwhelming until yesterday when the isotope snapped that streak seven to one off the, the, the hated El Paso uh, ch- 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 losers. Chupacabras. Maybe he wasn't seeing the else. Well, so I, so I, what I'm, what I'm hearing is that making a ninety degree turn is bad because that leads to an L, and quick forty five mm. degree angle turns frequently leads to a W. Mm. So it's all about the quick forty five degree angles and not these precise ninety degree turns. So you're telling me that in warm ups. Pilo had the guys out there running W's instead of bases. Mm. I like that. I like I'm that not, a lot. I'm not denying that. <laughs> I'm not saying that that didn't not happen, but it's possible that things might have occurred differently. What is the change you make? What is the change if you're managing a team on an eight-game slide? Like, what do you do to say, stop it? Stop giving up big innings. Well, Apparently, you did not listen to the pregame show yesterday, Good. but Van did, and so Van knows the answer of this. Van, what's the answer? And Go ahead, Sush. Okay. <laughs> all right. Yeah, all right. And what what Pedro said, because I actually asked him like a, a fairly similar question, maybe not quite as pointed as sure. your question. I might have had a little bit more diplomacy mm-hmm. to the way that I phrased the question. I don't do that. And his response was basically, it's a new day. It's all about bringing the right positive energy to the day and not... Like, everyone knows that they've lost eight in a row. You don't need to harp on it. That your attitude, your energy, your positive demeanor, you're like, let's just get better today. Yeah, we've lost eight in a row. Let's just get better today. Just, And I know that that's, you know, you know that's it's, it's cliche, but it's cliche for a reason. And I am a believer that with baseball, if you've won eight in a row, it's the same thing. You have to take the same, the same I mean, that's what happens when you play a sport that's 150 games. So you're telling me it wasn't that they just saw the L in El Paso come to town and they get triggered, and then they thought, let's get some dubs. You're telling me it's not that. Correct. You know what also matters? When your starting pitcher goes six innings and only allows one run. Let's go on that. Right? Like, for all of baseball, there it's 
there really isn't momentum. But if there is momentum in baseball, it's your starting pitcher. Because whatever happened yesterday and the eight days before, when Jeff Criswell comes out and pitches a scoreless first inning, then that's all the momentum that matters. And then when he pitches a second scoreless inning, and then a third, and then a fourth, and then a fifth, you know, and then in the sixth, he gives up a leadoff walk on an RBI double, and you're like, uh-oh. But then, you know, he limits the damage, just one run. That's the momentum. It always begins with the starting pitcher. There's also two L's in Chinchilla, Fred. Oh. <laughs> two L's in Chinchilla. That's what I'm telling you. All right, he kept it scoreless all the way up into the sixth. They got one in the top of the sixth. Sush. And then the bottom of the sixth happened, and the fireworks started. How fun was that? After that inning, did you feel like there's just like a giant weight off your shoulders? <laughs> Not until we got the last out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> right? No, but you know what made that sixth inning, like, really fun and significant is that, yeah, Coco hit a home run 438 feet, but you know how it started? Bernard got a hit. Bouchard got a walk. They're dancing around. They're getting in the head of the pitcher. You know, they're making the pitcher wonder, is he going on this pitch? Is he going, you know, they're darting around, getting in his head, double steal, air by the catcher, a run scores. Now they're all thinking about the base running and all that, and now Coco hits a bomb, and then there's a hit. And now, once again, oh, is Hunter Goodman, you know, something going on here? Now there's a balk. Now there's another hit. Now let's do a little hit and run. All right, second baseman's covering the bag. Shoot the baseball right where he was previously positioned. Guy scores from first on a single, right? So it was it was the energy on the bases that really did create openings. And, yeah, there's, there's a hits and there's a home runs. But I felt like it was the threat of running and the running that really ignited the offense. And those are the really fun innings. You know what's fun about you describing it the way you just described it? Is you just described that inning the way that I remember baseball as a kid. Hmm. I remember baseball as a kid is guys going to the plate and maybe opening their stance up a little bit and maybe trying to hit behind a guy and maybe trying to do less with more as far as late. And by, by the way, I'm also talking about National League Baseball, but maybe trying to lay down a bunt or a guy maybe try to go to opposite field. And I don't think I see baseball that same way anymore. Now I see a bunch of guys that are trying to get their muscle memory perfect and trying to reproduce the same swing every time, launch angle and, and exit velocity and hit it as hard as you can and hope it goes well for you. Josh. I think I miss baseball after you <laughs> described that inning. Well, we're starting to see more of that 1980s National League baseball style in the sport, and we've seen a lot more with the isotopes in the second half because we don't have you know the quantity of home run hitters that, that we had in the past. And it's a decision from the top down from the Rockies. Like We need to be more aggressive on the bases. And there's new rules that make it um, easier to steal bases, and I think it's really fun. What's also interesting, so I was talking to some of the boys in the dugout around batting practice with this idea that, you know, um, I remember hearing this as a kid. Okay, so Ricky Henderson's at first base, for example, and so Dwayne Murphy is going to see more fastballs because they're worried about Ricky Henderson trying to steal second base, and so, you know, that batter is going to benefit because, oh, they're going to throw more fastballs because it's a threat to steal. So I was talking to some of the guys in the dugout, and they said, is that true? Like, when you're at the plate, do you see more fastballs if, say, like, Winton is at first base? And the guys were like, no, that's not what happens at all. <laughs> they're like, that has no bearing whatsoever. All the other teams do is they look at what are your weaknesses, and they just try to exploit your weaknesses. And if that means throw six straight sliders down and away against you, and, and they're willing to give up a stolen base, then they do that. But that's also part of the modern pitching game is that there isn't much of a focus on, I'm going to do everything I can to hold this runner on base, and I'm going to maybe throw up more fastballs or give my catcher a better chance. It's like, no, we're just going to strike this. We're going to try and strike this batter out. <laughs> 
Criswell, which makes it easier to steal bases. Yeah, totally. Criswell with an absolute gem, but on the offense, everybody got a piece. It was by committee last night. Everybody got some. How fun was that to watch, and how fun was that dugout having? Yeah, for sure. You know, and like those are the games where you go back in the clubhouse after the game, and everyone's excited because you won, and this eight-game losing streak is over. But when everyone in the lineup contributed, then everyone can take the same amount of joy and satisfaction in knowing, hey, I helped, as opposed to, well, you know, these five guys went 0 for 4, you know, but this guy hit two two-run homers. Sure. You know, you know, it's like everyone can feel like, yeah, we all did our part. And, you know, the other thing about that inning that I was describing with the stolen bases and the hit and runs, baseball, it, it's a team game, but there's very few times that you actually do teamwork, right? Pitcher and catcher have teamwork. Um, if there's a relay from a ball hit in the gap, if there's a mm-hmm. double play grounder, okay, there's teamwork. But for the most part, there's really not a whole lot of teamwork that's involved. But when there's a double steal, when there's a hit and run, when, okay, he's opening up the hole and, and I'm going to shoot it past the second baseman, it feels like a whole lot more teamwork, and that kind of builds the, uh, you know, the chemistry, and that just leads to a happy clubhouse after the game. Is there a way to emulate that teamwork like off of the field? Like we were watching Hard Knocks last night, and they're showing the players Leslie Nielsen clips from like early '90s Leslie Nielsen comic. And you know, you guys know the high regard I put Leslie Nielsen in the sure. Naked Gun series and Airplane. And is there something that can happen in a locker room? Is there a film series? Is there a communicator? that you think does build fellowship, Josh, and your exposure to a professional athlete for all the year that you have had it? I would say that before everybody had a cell phone that would play games and movies and had social media, yeah. there was a lot more we're going to watch a movie together as a team, like before the game, during batting practice or before batting practice, something like that. Nowadays, there's not as much of that because everyone's just glued to their phone because that's the world that we live in. Right. But in terms of this year's team, Jonathan Daza after the season out with a shoulder injury, he would always just say Behi, which is base hit. But he yeah. would say Behi, right? Because he got a lot of Behi. He's a guy who gets a lot of hits. So he would say it all the time, and he would say it in batting practice, and the guy started to, to just mimic him. And every time during batting practice, someone would spray a ball down the right field line or whatever, everyone would just start saying Behi, Behi, and it just spread. And then they got T-shirts made. Yep. And now that's that's the shirt that they wear during batting practice. And they didn't even know how to spell it. They're like, uh, how do we spell Behe? But so they spelled it B-A-E-H-E-E, Behe. And so th- that's what everyone wears a BP now, Behe. So that, that's like a version of, like, of what you're asking, Fred. It's a beautiful thing. I think we should still show them airplane, though. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I think they would all really like airplane. No, like way back in the day, too, you know, when, when everyone traveled on bus, you know, in single A and double A, it would just be, there would usually be one coach or, you know, a number of different players who were in charge of movies. Now, I remember when I was in the California League and I was in Modesto, and one of, the, one of our coaches, Dave Hadjik, he would go to Blockbuster, you know, before the six-game road trip, and he'd get a bunch of movies or, you know, sometimes they're VHS or DVD or whatever it was at the time. I can't remember. You know, or somebody else would say, hey, you know, I went to Walmart and I got this. And so there would be a collective watching of movies on buses as you're taking these trips up and down California or whatever league you were in. And now, well, number one, we, we don't bus. You know, we fly everywhere. But also, again, everyone's got their own phone. So everyone just watches their own thing instead of a collective viewing experience. The number of times that I saw Pitch Perfect when I was broadcasting for Southern Illinois University, like on road trips with women's sports, was too damn high. <laughs> too damn high. 
Sometimes you run out of movies. You just got to keep watching the same ones, or you win after watching a certain movie, and you got to watch it again. Speaking of running out, we're running out of time. Who's on your pregame tonight, Josh? Noah Davis is on the pregame. Oh, he dude. pitched Sunday, five and two-third, no-hit innings. He knew he wasn't going to go nine because he'd been out for a month, but hmm. we just talked about you know, that performance, what it was like in the bullpen. Did he feel like he had no-hit stuff? Spoiler alert, no. <laughs> and, and just like his kind of up-and-down season, literally and figurative, he's been in the big leagues twice. He's been on the injured list twice. And so good chat with Noah. He's a good dude. 13 Bayes last night. How many tonight? At least 14. Yeah. Possible idea for Josh Sushan. Okay. Ooh. He starts a new web series with Isotope's players where they sit down and watch classical comedy movies from the 70s, 80s, and early Love 90s, it. and then he gets their immediate reaction afterwards. Much like Jets players and musicians. Yes. Josh, opinion? I think we're out of time. I hear the traveling music. <laughs> Have a good broadcast tonight, brother. That's the goal. Thank you for having me. Cal, good. Not great. He says hi. Thank you. (laughs) Van? I turned left. You're clear. Hello, everyone. GG. See you tomorrow, Burke.